Hi, it's me, Jen McCarran, and I'm talking about yoga again, all by myself. <laughs> I might have some some guests coming up in the future. One of them is Chris McCarran, my husband, and the other ones are some of my fellow yogis at Core Power Yoga. I do a lot of yoga at Core Power. I was going to talk about um, the part of the eight-limbed path, since I'm kind of going through all the different eight limbs, called Dharana today, um, and that's a meditation. But I'm going to talk about uh, asana and hatha yoga. Um, so someone asked a question on the internet saying that there seem to be a lot of different types of yoga out there such as hatha, power, vinyasa, vin, hot, hot flow, and pilates. Um, and so I tried to answer their question and it brought up a lot of debate in this internet thread. Um, and that's good because I'm even getting confused now about what I originally thought now that I'm talking about it. So um, it's a tricky question because the names of the style change depend uh, it, it depends on who's marketing the classes. I've worked at gyms and studios um, and they all kind of name things differently and they'll all come up with their own little pet names for stuff too. So I tried to address the things that she wrote in her question. So Hatha, um, which she put first, that word in Sanskrit actually refers to every style of yoga that we do with our bodies, I, I think. Um, I'm getting confused now whether that, I know it means uh, moon and sun in union also, and yoga movement when you're doing yoga is very conscious, conscious so you make that effort of connecting the mind and body. Uh, I'm just kind of wondering now, there was another post further down the page from someone who said, out of all the, the styles she mentioned, the only one that is actually yoga is Hatha Yoga. The rest are recent inventions by the West. And he says, Hatha Yoga is the physical aspect of yoga. Ha means sun and ta means moon. I think that might actually be reversed. But anyway, he says it is the convergence of dualities in your system, like the sun and the moon, so you can come to a place where you experience everything as one. So he kind of was like, well, all of these other crazy styles like hot flow and vinyasa, um, I, I guess they weren't conscious enough for this person. He didn't consider them suitable exercises to converge the dualities in your system, as he said. And I have to disagree with that. Um, I understand how a person could get the idea depending on where they're observing people practicing yoga in different classes. Um, so for instance, I've been practicing yoga for eight, almost nine years now. And when I first started, I think it was um, more effective at putting me in my body 
than it is now. Um, I think I live in my body a lot more now than I did in the past. Uh, so it's kind of like starting from a higher level and going not as far as opposed to when I started starting at a lower level and taking a big step up. When I notice this that I can now go to a class and actually really space out and take yoga class, take asana class. And I think that's okay. I think um, spacing out while you're in a yoga class might be a little more healthy than spacing out while you're uh, watching TV or something. Um, but, you know, maybe the effects on the body really aren't all that different when you're just losing consciousness. So, and what I mean by being in your body is, it sounds kind of weird, but it's simple. It just means um, having your awareness, your consciousness, your thoughts in the space that your body is physically occupying, becoming more aware of every part of your body, um, the bottoms of your feet to the top of your head, all of that. A lot of the time... Um, I know I walk around sort of thinking about what I'm going to do in the next 10 minutes or 10 days and so forth. And I consider that being out of my body. Um, when I got married, our wedding day was kind of an out-of-body experience. I know a lot of our friends kind of confirmed that because it's just too, like, wow, th is this actually happening to me? It's almost like you're watching it from somewhere else. So that's the exact opposite of being out of your body. You know, I did my best to try and stay in my body in that particular instance, and I still had an awesome time. Uh, it's just, um, I think when, when you're going about your daily life, you can remove a lot of the typical problems that you have if you stay and try and stay in your body. Um, so, okay, to go on in her question, Hatha refers to asana or movement yoga postures or yoga asanas but if you see it on a class schedule in my experience it means this class is going to be a little bit slower than others and there's going to be more emphasis on the basics so um, I think that's just somehow that word got to be interpreted that way I even heard someone kind of it was almost like an epithet he said Oh, I don't want to do Hatha yoga. I want to do power yoga. You know, it's kind of funny. Like, that was a giant misunderstanding. And that's probably what this person further down in this internet thread was remarking about, that, that other forms of yoga don't bring you consciousness. And I think it's probably just the teachers. Um, I hate to come down on teachers because I am one. It's just that all the forms can bring you into your body, I think. And... If the if you know the form is there, if the person explaining it isn't uh, helping you create that conscious consciousness, then I think that kind of falls on their shoulders, and maybe yours too. I mean, after you do yoga for a while, you might start to wonder like, why are we? Why do we do this? Why are they telling me to breathe at certain times? Why do these postures all have funny names in another language? And I hope that you would be curious enough to kind of investigate it for yourself and then realize that the idea is to make this convergence of the duality in the body. Um, so anyway, let's move on to the types of classes. She also mentioned power yoga. 
And in this type of yoga, um, I think you move more quickly from one pose to the next. Although you might hold some poses longer, particularly if they use a lot of muscular engagement. For example, a lunge. And you start to feel the thighs burning, um, you know, standing on your arms, standing on your arms, plank pose, dandasana, the top of a push-up. You'll feel, you know, the arm engagement that might be held longer in a power yoga class. You'll stretch, um, but you get muscle fatigue uh, in a power yoga class uh, in a different way than you would in other forms of yoga because you'll be asked to hold poses that you need to contract your muscles a lot in order to stay upright in. So that's a good strengthening form. It brings you a lot of confidence, I think, power yoga does, because you you do actually get stronger. You go from being like, oh gosh, I can't like do a side plank for very long, and then a couple weeks later, oh, I'm, I'm doing it longer now. So you get this sense of, of consciousness, of improvement in your body, and I, I think that's great. Um, also, you, you learn how to balance on your hands and do all kinds of arm balances, and I think that provides people with a lot of confidence in themselves. Uh, so that being in touch with your actual abilities of your body, being able to modify them, that is kind of union of mind and body to me too. You know, it's not the, f the, the full banana boat of it all, but it's something. Um, then she mentioned vinyasa yoga. That's one of my favorite styles because there's lots of emphasis on moving gracefully between the poses and linking those movements with your breath. Also, there's almost always, if you see this word vinyasa on a schedule, the teacher's going to have some music. And I love to practice with music. Um, unfortunately, a lot of times it does bring me out of my body because I get so interested in listening and singing along and like thinking about the music. Um, I don't actually sing in yoga class, but I sing in my head. I do sing out loud sometimes, um, but I don't ever think anyone notices. So I like listening to people's music choices um, and then judging them for it and thinking, boy, that was a crappy song. But um, no, I, I, that's not true. No, I, I think it is true. I judge people a lot for their music. <laughs> if I don't like it, I generally don't go back to that person's class. Uh, although I am kind of getting a little less attached. That's another word you'll hear yoga people say a lot. Like, oh, I'm, I'm attached to um, having a nice butt when I do yoga. Like, I'm doing it to get this result. I'm attached to the results of getting a nicer butt. So yeah, I'm attached to listening to cool music. Uh, but I have bigger fish to fry and bigger things to beat myself up for, so I'm going to leave that one alone. So, Vin, she said in her question, Vin Yoga. I'm not too sure about that one. It could be a shorthand way to refer to Vinyasa Yoga, but it could also come from Vinny Yoga. And that's not a guy named Vinny teaching yoga. That's a style of yoga and I've never taken it, I'm pretty sure it's a therapeutic form that's perhaps individualized for the, for the practitioners by a teacher and meant to help them with some specific problems they might, having, might be having. I don't know much about it. 
She didn't mention yin yoga, but I'm thinking maybe she made a typo when she wrote vin and wrote yin instead. More of a brain typo, I guess. Um, anyway, this is one of my favorite forms of hatha yoga. It's really slow-paced. You hold deep stretching postures from one minute to six minutes of time and maybe more. Um, the idea is that you feel stretching sensations and you, you create a big stretch and you just abide in it. In theory, it affects collagenous tissue more than the muscles uh, because of you, you don't get a warm-up. You kind of go into these deep poses um, that are supported. They're all floor poses, so there's not much danger of kind of, you know, cracking anything or ripping anything. It's very slow. So you enter it in this really mindful way in order to stay safe. And um, I wonder if this is appropriate for beginners because um, a beginner who doesn't have the idea that they need to pay attention very, very much to what they're experiencing this might not be appropriate for them. On the other hand, perhaps older people who have a background in meditation or prayer or psychotherapy or anything like that could be more um, more easy for them to kind of come around to understand the benefits of this style. Then she mentioned hot yoga. And if you see this word on a schedule, it's just plain hot yoga. Um, that is a set of like 26 postures. I don't remember exactly. It could be 32. I don't know. Um, that are the same every time. And you do it in a room heated to around 104 degrees and some high degree of humidity. I don't remember exactly how much. Um, so that's a, a predictable form. If you see hot yoga, you're going to be doing these static postures. Someone else mentioned down the thread that you don't move as much in a hot yoga class and that's true you kind of get into a pose and then hold it you get into a pose and hold it so there's not as much like moving around and flowing around in fact there's none um so it's it's good to do um maybe if you work out a lot already you know and, and you don't need your yoga class to be a workout for you um, although I'm sure you could still get the benefits of the bone strengthening um, because you are holding yourself up with your own strength. Bikram yoga is the, like the, the, the branded form of this yoga. And he, Bikram is a guy who says that he invented this form of yoga or his teacher gave it to him or I don't know what. And he has a he tends to be controversial in the yoga world because he markets the form really well under his own name. The classes are super expensive usually, and Bikram, like, he owns, like, BMW dealerships, and um, he tends to say things that really make him sound like an egocentric jerk. He might not actually be, I don't know, um, but anyway, there's always pictures of him standing on people's backs when they're doing these delicate looking poses and kind of yelling at people and that doesn't really do so much for your reputation as a nice guy so uh, Bikram and hot yoga again it's going to be the same 26 postures only in a Bikram yoga class the teacher I believe is literally required to stick to a script whereas in a hot yoga class a teacher might deviate from the format a little bit depending on like oh it's a super hot day out today so I'm going to turn the heat up to 98 instead of 104 something like that 
Um, then she mentioned hot flow. And someone else down the thread um, aptly noted that you can take any form of yoga and stick it in a hot room. And that's an interesting idea. Um, I think it's a little bit of a gimmick sometimes because people tend to feel like they're working out more when they're sweating like hell in a 104 degree room. So maybe it's kind of a marketing thing, like you're gonna get a great workout, oh my god, I, I sweat so much. Um, on the other hand though, if you're a person who doesn't sweat that much, like you just, if you're one of those lucky people who doesn't need to do cardiovascular exercise all the time, or you just don't feel like you wanna get your heart rate up, you're not gonna be sweating that much in your everyday life. So if you get into this room and you start sweating, that's probably good for you. Um, I can't imagine never sweating would be good. You need to have your pores opened and cleaned out. I don't know. I don't know anything really. I'm just guessing. So there's that. And then she mentions Pilates. Um, not really yoga officially. Though I guess if we can get all of these other forms to be yoga, as in a conscious uh, convergence of the dualities in the mind and the body, then Pilates could be that too. In fact, Pilates has this interesting uh, effect where you st if you start doing mat Pilates in a group class, you might be like, oh man, Pilates is so easy. I'm awesome. And you're just going, this is, I, I don't even want to do this. I'm not getting anything out of it. Then you realize you're doing it wrong. You have to follow the alignment cues for Pilates exactly. And when you do, it just gets to be impossibly hard. And if that's not linking mind and body, I don't know what is, because you just go like, oh my god, I feel it now. And then you're trying to, to hold yourself into the alignment for the repetitive movements. Um, they also have specified breathing techniques. So, um... I don't know, maybe we should just go ahead and consider Pilates a form of yoga with, uh, I don't know, just a really, really new form that no one ever, it doesn't have any Sanskrit words. Maybe that's why it's not considered yoga. Um, okay, so I talked a lot about the different styles of yoga, and if I was wrong about certain things, which I'm sure I was, I hope that anyone out there who listens to this podcast for some reason would correct me or just start a conversation somewhere um, where this podcast can be accessed. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.